Sections 15 and 16 of How to Sing. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Ruth Golding. How to Sing by Lily Lehman. Translated by Richard Aldrich. Section 15. White Voices. There are also singers, male and female, who use too much head tone through their entire compass. Such voices are called white. Their use of the palatal resonance being insufficient, they are not able to make a deeper impression, because their power of expression is practically nothing. In such cases it would be advisable to raise the pillars of the fauces a little higher, and place the larynx somewhat lower, and to mingle judiciously with all the other vowels the vowel sound oo that requires a lower position of the larynx. The voices would become warmer and would sound more expressive. As soon as the singer is able to create easily, inaudibly, and consciously on every tone the correct propagation form for the next tone, all questions as to register must disappear. He must not, however, be drilled on registers. Several tones must not be forced on one and the same point. Every tone should be put naturally into its own place, should receive the pitch, duration, and strength it needs for its perfection, and one master rules it all, the ear. The goal is, unfortunately, so seldom reached, because it can be reached only through the moderation that comes from mastery, and, alas, only true masters practice it. It may be accepted as true that the lower ranges of the voice have the greatest strength, the middle ranges the greatest power of expression, the higher the greatest carrying power. The best mixture, all three together, may be developed to the highest art by the skill of the individual, often indeed only by a good ear for it. Whenever expression of the word's significance, beauty of the vocal material, and perfection of phrasing are found united in the highest degree, it is due either to knowledge or to a natural skill in the innumerable ways of fitting the sung word to the particular resonance connections that are suitable to realize its significance, and hence its spirit. They are brought out by a stronger inclination toward one or the other of the resonance surfaces by means of mixed vowels, without, however, injuring the connection or the beauty of the musical phrase. Here, aesthetic feeling plays the chief part, for whatever may be its power and its truthfulness, the result must always be beautiful, that is, restrained within proper limits. This law, too, remains the same for all voices. It is a question of the entire compass of a voice trained for artistic singing, one that is entrusted with the greatest of tasks, to interpret works of art that are no popular songs, but, for the most part, human tragedies. Most male singers, tenors especially, consider it beneath them, generally indeed unnatural or ridiculous, to use the falsetto, which is a part of all male voices, as the head tones are a part of all female voices. They do not understand how to make use of its assistance, 
because they often have no idea of its existence, or know it only in its unmixed purity, that is, its thinnest quality. Of its proper application, that is, its necessary admixture with chest resonance, they have not the remotest conception. Their singing is generally in keeping with their ignorance. The mixture is present by nature in all kinds of voices, but singers must possess the skill and knowledge to employ it, else the natural advantage goes for nothing. End of section 15 Section 16 Theodor Wachtel The most perfect singer that I remember in my Berlin experience was Theodor Wachtel. In this respect, that with his voice of rare splendour, he united all that vocal art which, as it seems, is destined quite to disappear from among us. How beautiful were his coloratura, his trills, simply flawless! Phrasing, force, fullness of tone and beauty were perfect, musically without a blemish. If he did not go outside the range of Arnold, George Brown, Stradella, Basco, the Postilion, and Lionel, it was probably because he felt that he was not equal to interpreting the Wagnerian spirit. In this he was very wise. As one of the first of vocal artists, whose voice was superbly trained and was preserved to the end of his life, I have had to pay to Wachtel the tribute of the most complete admiration and recognition, in contrast to many others who thought themselves greater than he, and yet were not worthy to unloose the latchet of his shoes. Recently the little Italian tenor Bonci has won my hearty admiration for his splendidly equalised voice, his perfect art, and his knowledge of his resources and notwithstanding the almost ludicrous figure that he cut in serious parts, he elicited hearty applause. Cannot German tenors, too, learn to sing well, even if they do interpret Wagner? Will they not learn, for the sake of this very master, that it is their duty not to use their voices recklessly? Is it not disrespectful toward our greatest masters that they always have to play hide-and-seek with the bel canto, the trill and coloratura? Not till one has fully realised the difficulties of the art of song does it really become of value and significance. Not till then are one's eyes opened to the duty owed not only to oneself but to the public. The appreciation of a difficulty makes study doubly attractive. The laborious ascent of a summit which no one can contest is the attainment of a goal. Voices in which the palatal resonance, and so power, is the predominating factor, are the hardest to manage and to preserve. They are generally called chest voices. Uncommon power and fullness of tone in the middle ranges are extremely seductive. Only rarely are people found with sense enough to renounce such an excess of fullness in favour of the head tones, that is, the least risky range to exploit and preserve, even if this has to be done only temporarily. 
copious vocal resources may with impunity be brought before the public and thereby submitted to strain only after long and regular study. The pure head tone, without admixture of palatal resonance, is feeble, close at hand, but penetrating and of carrying power equalled by no other. Palatal resonance, without admixture of the resonance of the head cavities, head tones, makes the tone very powerful when heard nearby, but without vibrancy for a large auditorium. This is the best proof of how greatly every tone needs the proper admixture. End of section 16